0: Indigenous Rights Radio Because knowledge is power A just transition for indigenous peoples is one that centers a human rights approach and the protection of biodiversity and advances indigenous sovereignty and self-determination in all endeavors relating to the building of green economies Doing this will require that all stakeholders observe and fully implement the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples and the right to self-determination and free prior and informed consent in all decision-making. It will surely require a set of solutions including reinforcing and improving existing standards, reforming old mining laws and regulations, mandating circular economy practices, setting standards and meeting targets for mineral, Reuse and recycling, reducing demand, and accepting degrowth as a concept and a pathway. To find out more how the effects of climate change are impacting indigenous peoples, cultural survival spoke to Eileen Myrena Cunningham.
1: Thank you, Sheldon, for the invitation to this interview. My name is Eileen Myrena Cunningham. I'm Indigenous Miskito from the Caribbean coast of Nicaragua. And I'm part of the uh, Catpi staff. Catpi is an indigenous organization that is the center for the autonomy and development of indigenous people in Nicaragua. And we are part of a bigger network of organizations that is Elatia Network. That the, we we this Elatia Network is. Um, have a representative of 18 organizations in 70 countries in Latin America, Africa, and Asia. So also we are part of other organizations that work climate change, like the Right Energy Partnership with Indigenous People. And we, as CATP, we work in different levels of related to climate change issues. Um, At local and regional level uh, in Nicaragua, Uh, We work in capacity building um, for indigenous people around the climate change issues in indigenous territories. And also, um, we are working in how indigenous people can improve the resilience and can adapt better to climate change. And the other part of work that we do in climate change is about advocacy. And the advocacy we're doing at national level, um, starting with our autonomous regions, and also at international level um, with the participation in the UNFCCC. One of the main impact that we have in our region, because we live in a coastal area in the Caribbean, and you have seen recently that there is a lot of hurricane and storms that um, that are um, impact our lands and territory. Just a week ago, we have a big um, um, hurricane um, Julia. That it was um, uh, luckily was only category one, but have impact. Um, if you say my family uh in in different way this hurricane even it was a very um a category a low category we have seen a lot of floods in our lands and territories so there is um some communities in the area i live that um they lost all their their Uh, production, all their beans or the rice, they're losing this because of the impact of the hurricane. Um, Another is also the impact in the infrastructure of the houses. Um, For example, my sister's house was without the roof after the hurricane. My cousin who lives in an island had been impact um, not only in her house but also about the biodiversity around the, the territory she because most of the trees were uh, f- uh, falling down and you can imagine the impact also in the biodiversity and in all these products that, that the community gets from the, from the forest and from the uh, natural areas around. So we have seen in 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 the Caribbean coast in Nicaragua a lot of these floods. Um, two years ago we have uh, impact of two hurricanes uh, with a difference of time of ten days. So then, so you can see there that all this natural disaster had been more, we um, can see, more aggressive. And have been seen a very short time that don't give the indigenous people or other communities the opportunity to to respond um, the way they natural, they traditional do. So um, two years ago with this two hurricane, um, people were still trying to get up to fix their houses when the second hurricane arrived in the area. Um, I think for us that is one of the main impact and of course if you have hurricane you have flood that will affect the livelihood of the indigenous people will affect the biodiversity around the territories um, there is a lot of product that indigenous people get from the forest and it's impossible after a hurricane have access to this area and also um, um, animal meat that people find in the forest. Of course, the animal migrate to other areas, so um, this has been really a, a, a big impact in the in the livelihood of indigenous people. In Nicaragua, we have a series of laws around and policies around the climate change adapt, adaptation and mitigation. One of our main achievements at national level is that. In these national policies, so in the national plans uh, of adaptation and mitigation, the indigenous people are included with all the rights that are around um, free and informal um, consent, the effective participation. This has been really good. Um, It's recently, so we still um, been uh, waiting for the implementation of this but at least we were part of this process and our, our voices are present in these policies. At the international level, I think um, we have different um, um, achievement. Um, we have been working, at least me personally, I've been working the past seven years uh, following the UNFCCC. And I think you can measure Seven years ago, if I see what the, the indigenous people have been uh, achieved to now, even it looked like it's not that much, I think. At least we are in the documents. Uh, indigenous people is around the agenda of the UNFCCC. In the past um, intersessional negotiation in Bonn in June this year, July this year, you have been we have been seeing that there has indigenous people have been in the um, dialogue and the roundtable discussion around adaptation, mitigation, um, climate finance and also loss and damage and I think the article 6 too. So even if we don't get everything we want, <laughs> at least we are sitting there at least um, the state parties heard what Indigenous people want to, um, how Indigenous people want to be included in all these negotiations. And then if we take a specifically climate finance issue, we see in the Green Climate Fund that Indigenous people now we have a policy. And this policy is the, um, is the, it's the norm that the accredited entities, the government, have to comply with if there is any activity um, that uh, any climate finance activity or actions in indigenous people territories. So I think that is a big improvement uh, achievement from the past seven years. And, and we hope um, to have more after this COP27. I think one of the main achievements in Glasgow was, one, there was a very um, big participation of indigenous people just to be during the meeting. And I think there are different ways to do advocacy during this COP. So one is that we have a very strong team during um, the Glasgow COP and indigenous people issues were visible. That was one of the first ones. And second one, well, you know about um, all the Glasgow Declaration on on forest and land use. And I think that's really important because the state party have defined how they want to work around the forest and land use and ecosystem approach. And of course, this um, forest declaration, Forest declaration on forest and land use is um, direct uh, is directly related with indigenous people because if we see around the world where indigenous people live, we are living in this area where um, natural resources are uh, better um, uh, maintained. So. That was I think the second one that there was this forest this declaration on forest and land news, and we were in this also this discussion around this, even the declaration is a state party declaration, there was a very active participation of indigenous people, and also I think in one of the of the line of the uh, declaration on forest and land news they 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 say that it's important to support indigenous people for the forest management and forest conservation of so it is i think is it was that was really good um, the third one i think is about that is a result of this it's about the pledge this pledge of 1.7 billion us dollar in this in this declaration of forest they say they're going to uh, there was this pledge of 19 billion that's going to forests um, and land use, uh, restoration and management. But 1.7 billion of these is going to indigenous people. And so that I think is the first time there was a clear pledge specifically for indigenous people. And of course, the, I think if you see at the end the Glasgow Declaration, in, in the Glasgow Declaration, in the um, in the preamble, is Indigenous people also include, That um, in all this process cannot be be worked without the participation of different um, stakeholders, including Indigenous people. So I think the Glasgow, even maybe it's not we we wish <laughs> we have some more specific. Um, um, Achievement here related to FPIC and also to um, how this pledge is going to be, um, how we're going to have access to this pledge. But um, I think at least Indigenous people were very active and we were in in all these um, results of the COP. We have a lot of expectation about COP27. Um, the first one, I, I will focus on all this discussion on the Article 6. Um, when we were this, uh, negotiating the last year in Glasgow, one of the main issues that we want in, about Article 6 was about um, a clear definition of safeguard in all these market mechanisms. Um, safeguard for indigenous people, um, the free, prior, informed consent that can be in, in the in the document, also um, uh, the active and effective participation. I think even uh, I remember because I'm not specifically working in Article 6, but I remember the team that follow Article 6 were very active and they have a a lot of of achievement uh, in relation to to, um, communicate or message to the state parties. At the end, the the final document didn't include all these issues that Indigenous people want. But we have been working since COP26 in all these artistic issues. And we had been having different meetings with governments and also with some other allies from other stakeholder constituencies to to have a common vision on this. And so I think that is our, I think that is one of our main um, um, issues that we want to to have for COP27, and there is also all this discussion of, of loss and damage. Um, there is also this discussion on what is climate finance. It's incredible that they're discussing the, the, the state party, but there is this discussion on what is climate finance, on who, want, who have to finance all these actions. And so we hope we can keep um, doing our advocacy works to include indigenous people in all these agendas. Loss and Damage, um, it came from this, um, what it called it, the Warsaw the International Mechanism for Loss and Damage. The, the idea is the, that these mechanisms define an approach to address all this impact that the communities, the countries, and then I include indigenous people. Um, how 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 the countries can face or the impacts that happen when the natural um, the natural disaster happen in our lands and territory? It's like if we if we see recently in my country there is a hurricane. Um, there was this community that was completely um, fell down. It was erased from the from the area. So how this um, how this community have the capacity to build back again? So who is going to finance this? This is about loss and damage because it's some some damage and losses that already happened because of natural uh, impact, of natural um, disaster. And um, there is other issues that are included. They're talking about um, insurance because um, a lot of insurance companies don't want to uh, um, sell an insurance to you if you have a crop Um, a bean crop or a rice crop or a plantain crop. So all this is included in the discussion of loss and damage. And it's all this support, uh, finance support, technology support, capacity building support around um, what what a community, what a country can do when a natural disaster happens. And I think it's so important for Indigenous people because um, we know we are the, the one who have the, the, the most small um, footprint, and but we have a lot of impact in our lands and territories.
0: For more on the rights of Indigenous peoples, visit cs.org and follow Cultural Survival on Facebook and Twitter.